This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, pleased to have you along. Super big sports guest joining us now on uh, The Fan. It's been a while since we've uh, spoken with this guy. As a matter of fact, I think it might. The last time we spoke to him might have been down at Pac-12 Media Day back when we used to go to that. Yeah, it's been a while. But it has been a while. It is uh, the return of Oregon State coach Jonathan Smith. Can you read me, Jonathan? Good to uh, good to join you guys. Sorry, I had to cut out on my phone there. Oh, no problem. Can you hear us okay? Yep, got you now. Good deal. Well, uh, welcome back on. Um, you know, it's been a while, and you know, for those that haven't been following, which is probably not a lot of people. I mean, most people know what's going on, but from two and ten to ten and three. In five seasons, quite a turnaround. I guess my question would be, what uh, factors most contributed to you getting this thing uh, fully turned around down there in Corvallis? Well, it's definitely a group effort. It starts with these players. I mean, we've got quite a few players that were on that team last year that ended up going 10-3 and three that were a part of year one um, and not winning many games. So these players just going to work, continuing to believe and and grow and develop. Uh, this coaching staff had a huge amount of continuity through those years, um, and a lot of work put in by them. Uh, you know, Beaver Nation. This is this thing turned into having a real home field advantage, especially the last couple of years. That was the impact on on better success and winning some games. So, a lot of people contributed, and there's still more work to do. I think that's why we're looking forward to you know next season. And we kicked off spring ball today. And a lot to a lot to like the with what's happening. Yeah, I mean, not just, you know, 10-3, and three, but, I mean, you look at some of the losses. I mean, you go to that USC game. I mean, it couldn't have been more razor thin. I mean, just, you know, maybe one or two less uh, mistakes at the quarterback position. And, and you know, this is – last year could have been a, a, a Pac-12 title, you know, type of team. Yeah, yeah there's always uh, – especially the coach in me, you look back on what you left out there and had opportunities and – and we did. We had some tight losses, uh, especially that, that one at SC at home that played really well until the end and give credit to them the finishing the game. Uh, there's other, of course, games we won that were pretty tight and then could have gone the other way. I mean, we found a way to beat Stanford the last second. You know, that could have been opposite. And so, you know, I look back on it. We did a lot of good things. And, 
again, I go back to the players and the leadership we had on the group. Um, but winning tight games is that's how you make special special seasons, and we know we're going to be in a bunch of tight games this next season. When you take over a program as head coach, um, obviously your coaching acumen. I mean, we we knew you, you know you know you can coach. You know what you're doing, uh, X's and O's wise. But what about building a culture? Like, what what are the keys to getting things turned around culture wise? What what contributed to that? Yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, it, and I didn't have all the answers, especially early on. Early on, you do. As time goes, you just be. You always learn it. You know, each year, each situation that arose, you're one to two to three, and you learn from it. And it had some concrete goals of building some trust and accountability, uh, raising a level of competition uh, in practice that bleeds into the games. Those are something that we hung our hat on and and grew with that. And then you're always learning about the, the type of team you have, you know, on the X's and O's side, you know, some schemes that some coaches might know really, really well, but did that fit the roster we had and currently have? And so even even this year, headed into it, we're making some adjustments, right? You're always going to try to put your players out there that give them the best chance for success, that their talent fits. Um, and so, like I say, you're always learning, navigating, um, and working on the the culture and a, a trust, competition, and accountability. How much different is it now? I mean, you you've seen the last couple of years, you know, from your time at UW to coming here, and you've seen a real transformation in college football from NIL to the way it's being recruited now to the transfer portal being almost, I would say, as important, if not, you know, in some cases more important than 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 your just your recruiting class. How much different is the world of college football and now realignment and you know the Pac-12 and where it's coming or going and how much different is this than when you got started in this game or just you know when you took over Oregon State a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> quite a bit different, man. It uh, all those aspects you just mentioned, you know, were when weren't taking place five years ago when wow. we first started the job here, and and again that's why you're back here. You're learning and uh, finding new ways to navigate. But, yeah, with the transfer portal and then how much it's used in, and there's quality players in the in the portal, so you'd like to say you can add your roster that way. And you're also, also trying to keep your own roster uh, and, and keep a ton of good players hopping in that in that portal. And then you throw in the name, image, and likeness, and um, it, the thing is different. Conference realignment, that's the one. It's almost like I've got no control over there. I don't spend a lot of time, um, mental energy on it. Obviously, it affects things. And in recruiting in the future and, you know, always recruiting prospects and they want to know what it's going to look like for their college careers and stuff to give them definitive answer. Currently still confident that there's a lot to, you know, believe in, in the Pac-12 and history and tradition. And for the most part, staying status quo, I think there's a lot, a lot of positive there, but there's no certainty currently on that. So again, you learn and, it's been it's been a quite a bit of a great ride, but it's definitely different than uh, you know our first season in 2018. Does it hurt at all that uncertainty when you're in a kid's living room and you know we we don't know what's happening with the TV deal, we don't know what's happening with with teams coming and going, expansion or, or teams leaving? Does that hurt, or is it is it a, a relatively minor thing in the recruiting process? You know, I think it kind of depends on the the recruit themselves. It's definitely not helping. Um, but to say it totally hurts you, it matters on on the prospect you're looking at, and you know the region of the country. He wants to be on the West Coast. I don't know if it really hurts that as much. Um, but it's not it's not helping in any way to have the uncertainty, and that's why, I, in my opinion, be some benefit of 
uh, you know, linking something and setting a plan that everyone knows. And how much time do you have to spend on, you mentioned, you know, keeping your kids. I think that's an aspect that maybe not enough people talk about. Like, you have a breakout star in, in, in Damian Martinez who comes out and is just an absolute beast for you. How much time do you have to spend recruiting your own players? Yeah, yeah. We, well, I'll say this: we start with if we're doing things right around here. Most most players are going to want to stay. Yeah. They feel like their opportunity, they're growing, they're improving, um, their talents are getting showcased. They got an opportunity to win and play in big stages. We we feel good that we're providing all of that. Um, and so then at the when, again, these guys have options in that, in today's age. They've got options to consider uh, if we build a. a strong enough relationship with them to help them digest and, and navigate through that. And, and then we do, we got some solid points that I think are really positive. That's why they've had success here um, in, in convincing them that their future in the next couple of years, they can do the same thing. And that's what we got to do. This is uh, Oregon state's Jonathan Smith with us here on the fan. Isn't the transfer portal a good thing from your perspective? There's a, there is, there's a lot of good to it. I mean, let's face it, not every, situation that players sign up for when they sign as seniors in high school. I mean, those things change over a couple of years. Uh, there's just situations where guys come and, the, you know, for whatever reasons, maybe the playing time they're going to see or uh, the scheme changed. Um, the fit wasn't, wasn't right. Maybe they do generally want to study something that's different than the universities offered. So there's many examples of reasons why there's positives for these guys to be able to, to start fresh and get a new opportunity um, um, with that. I think it's what's sometimes unfortunate is sometimes those decisions are too quick. They don't give the, the institution or the, the school a long enough uh, period of time of being there. Mm-hmm. There's a reason they chose to be there. Give it a more time. Sometimes these quick decisions, I don't think, always are the right ones. But it helps you, though, in the sense that there's this bigger pool of players that, you know, you can fill a hole with. Proven players. Yeah, I mean... Well, Oh uh, yeah, there's no question. Adding to your roster, um, you need a more immediate need. Um, whatever position, maybe you need an older player, a little more, more experienced player. Um, so yeah, there's benefit, no question, that you can add to your roster that way, uh, not just through strictly high school players. Okay, this Clemson quarterback. What? Give us the. What's the pronunciation? I'm not even going to try. Oh, you're not even going to try, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Ugo. And oftentimes I catch myself butchering it too. Yeah. Um, Maybe but we'll... I will tell you, he had a great day today. Um, got a bunch of reps and uh, threw the ball around. He's been awesome these first couple of months. Just kind of fitting in with the guys going to work. Um, I think the guys have appreciated that, uh, fitting in the locker room. And uh, he's got a presence to him that, um, that I think, again, fit our locker room and talking about work ethic, low ego, and, and uh, wanting to be a great teammate. Uh, so DJ's been been a great addition for us, had a good day-to-day, and, and really all the cues did. Ben made a couple of nice throws. Aiden Childs is a freshman that arrived here in January uh, from Southern California. He he did some good things, worked really hard the last couple of months getting ready for this. And then, uh, you know, now they're going to digest this tape and get to practice again on Thursday. I'm just going to call him DJ. So what what jumped out? I do the same. Yeah, I'm not lie. yeah, I do the same. Uwe Ungalay, I believe. Uwe Ungalay, I believe that is that's right. how I say it. And well, I'm, I, there may be a tweak there, but I'm I'm in the ballpark. I know that he's DJ to me. <laughs> there you go, DJ. Uh, what what jumps out on film about him to you, or or what's he best at? What type of quarterback uh, can people expect? 
Yeah, you know, as we watched him on tape from Clemson, I just think what jumped out is his competitiveness. Uh, finding ways to move the ball, standing strong in the pocket, getting hit. He carried the ball quite a bit, too, and was a physical runner. Um, and so he was just, you could see it, he was a competitor out there. He played in some big stages, big games, won a lot of games. Um, and so, because, yes, he's played a long time, so a lot of tape to digest and look at. Um, that's why we're excited to get him get him over here with a fresh start and a little bit of a new scheme that's going to take a little bit to learn and get comfortable with. Um, but he brings that competitiveness, and he's got all the talent in the world. He can make all the throws, and that even showed today when he was uh, out there running around. So is is it a true competition? Do we have a leader in the clubhouse, or are we going you know blank slate here between you know with, with Ben you know returning and then DJ and then you know Childs who you know that's one of the bigger recruits that this program has landed in in decades. Yeah, it's a competition, and we've treated it that way really every position every year. Um, what what's taking place in the past, you know, it counts right because we've learned and guys gained experience and. What Ben was able to learn and experience and really win. Guy went seven and one as a starter last year. Um, he's got an opportunity to continue to compete for this thing. Same as DJ coming in here. Aiden Childs, a freshman, there's a reason he arrived early uh, in January so that he can get a bunch of reps in spring and, and showcase what he's what he's got. And so I, I think that only makes the room better. Pushes pushes each other each day, knowing that it's a, a true competition. And that's how we treat every position. Even Damian Martinez, we got some other backs that have been around here and done some really good things. So, um, earning their carries and their playing time—that's how it's been for the whole program. Is that the strongest position right now? When you look at Martinez, you got Jam back there, and then Fenwick. Is that your your strongest position? Is the running back? It's it's pretty strong. We feel what they were able to do last year because, like you mentioned, Jam and Fenwick had great. You know, both of them played really well in the bowl game. But Isaiah Newell played really well, especially some meaningful carries late in the season. He's got an opportunity. Trey Lowe's a guy that dealt with injuries last year. Didn't play a ton, but he's fully healthy. He had a great you know, first day back kind of spring ball. So we got five guys there that we feel like can you know, score some t- touchdowns and make plays. So that is a, a group that we feel deep that we have experience-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it's a, a nice – because the running back position gets banged up and you want to have some options – at that at that spot we do well especially when you have to come from three scores down in the second half uh <laughs> against uh your arch rival and not complete a pass i'm assuming <laughs> i'm assuming that that is not exactly how that one was drawn up and yet it worked no <laughs> it did and you know some of that we did get some good field position on those you know we got the block punt thing and the fourth down stop on our side so there wasn't like a huge amount of yards we needed and the run game was working so you're not going to go away That's from it right. Um, but that was definitely a special kind of second half for for our place and, yeah. and something that we won't for soon forget. Uh, we won't keep you too much longer here. This is Oregon State's Jonathan Smith, but I thought of something. I, I uh, thought this when I was watching you this past season. I want If I ever got the chance to talk to you again, I, I wanted to ask you about analytics. And, you know, what? because you're, you're, you'll go for it. I mean, you're not afraid. Fourth and, you know, whatever, fourth and short, even in your own territory. What all goes in? What, what all do you take into account? And how do you go about making those decisions on the field in real time? Yeah, we, we definitely uh, look into the analytics. Uh, we prep during the week with some anticipated, you know, whether it's scores or situations that arise. And so you use that as a part of your decision-making um, and then, of course, there's going to be a gut, too, uh, as the game progresses. You learn how the game's going, especially in the first half, or the weather might change, an injury might change something. Um, but we use it uh, 
quite a bit. And I think it's just another way to help you uh, make decisions yeah. with that in, in information. And so, and it's been helpful. I'll be honest with you. It's something that it, those, those calls ain't easy now uh, on fourth downs and some of these situations go rise on you quickly and you got to make a quick decision. And so prepping throughout the week, knowing what data says, even during the game. And then, yeah, ultimately you got to make a call with the, the information you have in the, in the gut and what you've seen as the game's taking place. Yeah. That's what I wondered about the t- the time. Like you don't have a lot of time and these are key calls. So like you said, you do a lot of prep, but do you have someone on the headset that's, that's saying to you, okay, here's what the numbers say on fourth and two from your own 45 or whatever, or, or you just have to make the gut call right then without really uh, um, sort of, uh, being able to tap into the analytics at the time. Right. Well, on the offensive side, we, we do. We start of a series or really after a game first down, we'll know the field position on first down, where you at, where you got to get to, and then the fourth down recommendations. If it gets to a point, if it's fourth and three, they recommend doing this or that. Um, so that's that's yeah. helpful. And then, that also changes a little bit, like when you're punting, field position. We call it the fake punt in the bowl game. Uh, the recommendation there was to punt the ball, but it was just outside of what they thought was a, you know, a risk worth taking, I guess, percentage-wise. So that was there's some benefit there. Okay. Um, but sometimes it's also on the flip side, timeout usage is something that's been beneficial, being able to, again, prep during the week on the numbers and whatever the score is, how much time's left, uh, those kind of things. So when you say recommendation, you're talking about what the number, like all the prep that went into what the numbers tell you if you get in this situation? Yeah, the, yeah. the percentage would say you have a, a high percentage of what one to convert, but also they look at the scenario if you don't, like you kick the ball, right. or you punt the ball, and then the percentage of like who's going to score next or where's the score at if you're down or how many possessions are left in the game. That's another thing I've learned over the last couple of years, just kind of thinking about by possession. Knowing your style of offense too on possessions, like we use a little bit more time than maybe some up tempo throw the ball every snap. We use some possession times. Well, that sometimes is just going to limit the amount of possessions you have left in the game, right. and that would play into how aggressive you won't be on that fourth down decision. Yeah. Um, all right, renovation almost done down there. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I actually took a tour yesterday, walking around it's impressive. Looking out my window right now, they're actually putting all the seat back chairs in. Cool. And so we've got about half of them in on the lower lower level, and things should be awesome. Uh, so it's, yeah, on budget, on time, shooting middle of June. Wow. Uh, that we showcasing this thing. On budget, on time. Love That's it. rare. What's the coolest part to you? You know, there's a lot to like. I do like the, uh, they're called Beaver Street, where you get three. 360-degree access, so you can get a seat on the other side and walk along Beaver Street and, and grab a bite to eat while you're still viewing the game. I think yeah. the proximity of every seat on the new side is closer, closer to the field, the field view. Um, that uh, that thing's pretty nice. Yeah, you know what I read? Um, I read that the new seating is actually the closest proximity to the playing field of any stadium in the country. Did you know that? I knew it was there. They, I know they're selling that as one of the best, or the yeah. very best, but I don't know every place in the in the country. Yeah. I know this. I'm just looking at these seats. If I was sitting and watching the game, I mean, you're going to hear the opposing coaches from the sideline. You're, you're that close. Yeah, that's cool. Well, hey, thank you so much for taking time. It was great to catch up with you again, Jonathan. Appreciate you. Yeah, no, no doubt we'll do it again. Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 